Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning uh, on a big Monday, and welcome to Bayou Sports here on a big October 3rd. Uh, of course, um, a lot of talk about the Saints, NCAA football, the Tigers, UL, Major League Baseball. We'll have on at 7.30, I do believe, Coach Ryan Antoine, uh, the head football coach of the Westgate uh, Tigers, who had a pretty successful uh, game Friday night. And, uh, of course, uh, speaking with him last Monday at this time, he was kind of apologetic for playing this uh, team from Shreveport, uh, Louisiana, and kind of the score indicated that too, Jeff. Well, and again, uh, we talked about it Monday, and I touched on it again Saturday. Uh, this is a school. Both teams had an open date, and, you know, the opportunity for this school, small school, uh, without a lot of experience, a chance to go up against and see, uh, measure themselves against a team that won a defending state champ, the fact that they were willing to travel three hours to do it, uh, says something about uh, where they want to go as a program. But well, Coach uh, knew uh, you know, he was going to have a pretty good time with him and you know, a lot of starters exiting uh, before the end of the first half. Yeah, and it, it was quite evident, too. The, uh, we'll have Coach uh, Antoine on uh, later on this morning to, uh, in our second segment to speak about that. Of course, uh, the news uh, coming out of London, uh, the Saints go down in a tough one. Uh, it's hard to lose those type of games. And uh, Andy Dalton does a good job is what you can ask of him. But to have two back-to-back 60-plus-yard uh, field goals and then the last one hitting off the uh, upright crossbar and bouncing uh, in the field of play being no good. And uh, the Saints, uh, of course, it was something that they got down the field uh, the way they did with, I'm trying to remember, 24 seconds left. Was that it? Uh, they had a first in uh, 10 from their own 25. Yeah. And uh, hit a big pass, a run, a, or a couple passes, a big pass to Olave uh, at the 45 uh, and couldn't move it any further and tried a, I believe the second field goal was from 61, 62 yards. And, uh, Especially the, 61. Yeah, had the uh, distance, uh, just uh, just a shade. Yeah, really. It, it, an inch maybe. Yeah. An inch uh, allows it to deflect in instead of uh, down. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, and uh, Justin, Justin uh, Jefferson gets the best of Mashawn Lattimore in a huge day. He had a big game for the Vikings uh, catching the ball. And uh, I don't know that play along the uh, at the uh, end zone where they call pass interference on the Saints. <laughs> it sure looked like uh, Justin. How about Teran Matthew? That call? Yeah, that that was a yeah. That's right. So uh, just just tough. Uh, the Saints are reeling right now, and uh, they're playing hard defensively, uh, offensively. And Michael Thomas goes down again. Don't know how serious that's going to be. Never did see him come back into the game. Jarvis Landry. No, Thomas didn't play. He wasn't even dressed. Well, but I'm saying that uh, I meant uh, Land- Landry. He, okay. he went down. And uh, somebody else, uh, uh, the Saints uh, relied on uh, Belolave. Looks like he's playing uh, like a number one draft pick right now. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, Saints running game, um, you know, with uh, Kamara out. Uh, you know, Murray did a good job for the Saints running the football. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Andy Dalton was adequate uh, uh, with his throws. Uh, A couple of times Taysom Hill came into the game and you knew exactly what he was doing. You know, those first couple of times finally went right on one occasion and he found a little room to run there. But uh, they got to 
be more creative when they bring him in. Yeah, because it's very predictable when he's coming in what they're probably going to do, and so you need to open it up a little bit there with him, or or don't bring him in at all. Yeah, and I was I, I wanted to say didn't uh, Ingram go out the game too for a little while before he came back in? I yes. think he got dinged up a little bit. So um, Saints out rough game. Uh, Matthew appeared, uh, you know, in that play only to make contact with his shoulder pads of the Viking player and didn't seem to deserving of a penalty on the replay. And uh, that, in fact, he almost got penalized with a face mask. That's right. And that's you what know. I was leading to. Is that it sure seemed like Jefferson had grabbed his face mask in the meantime. But here's the problem: you know, when you review those plays, if they see a penalty, they can't call it. No. You know, so that that's what adds to it. Uh, and the pass interference call on Lattimore in the same drive also drew some heat. You know, and anyway, uh, Saints um, lose a big game. Uh, of course. Uh, uh, the bookies uh, were torn. I think the Vikings were four-point pick in that game, and the Saints ended up losing by uh, three points. But on to the next one. Well, they passed on a kick. It went for two, and I wasn't sure why they would go for two. And sure enough, it cost uh, some betters. That's right. Sure yeah. did. Big time. Big time. Anyway, uh, in the meantime, uh, the Saints uh, move on. They uh, take on Seattle this uh, Sunday. Uh, and uh, Seattle, uh, boy, their quarterback, Smith, had a field day yesterday uh, against the Lions as they put up 48 points and beat the Lions. I think the final was 48-45, if my memory serves me correctly. And uh, uh, Geno Smith looked like, a, looked like the uh, MVP in the league yesterday as he just threw the ball all over the field. Uh, so the Saints uh, face another uh, passing quarterback in, in another big game, too. As uh, Looks like they're four-point favorites uh, early. I think book. they are. I think they are. And uh, Geno Smith, 23 out of 30, 320 yards, two touchdowns. He had a 132.6 quarterback rating. Uh, he also ran seven times for 49 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so, uh, and, and Penny, the running back, uh, 17 carries, 151 yards, two scores. Uh, nine yard uh, per run average. His 41 was long. So uh, Saints uh, have to contend with another good team. Uh, uh, but Seattle's had their issues uh, since they traded away uh, uh, Russell. But uh, right now, uh, Saints uh, look to uh, get back on track uh, in the, I want to say, in the uh, Superdome. And as Jeff mentioned, uh, there are a four point pick over and under is 44. Uh, other big games around the league yesterday, uh, Jeff. Uh, uh, I know um, Cincinnati uh, uh, beat Miami uh, and and kind of getting back in track. You know they started off zero and two. Even Atlanta won yesterday. So, uh, but when you think about it, uh, the Tampa Bay gets beat last night. The Saints only won game out of first place yeah. at one and three. So there's still a lot of football. Don't think that uh, this big, this game this week uh, hopefully is a turning around point. Uh, uh, Tennessee knocks off Indianapolis. Uh, the Bears and the Giants go at it. Probably a long-time rival. Uh, Giants come out on top, uh, twenty to twelve. I'll Despite show you. both of their quarterbacks going out, the Giants uh, had at one time both quarter, st- top two uh, quarterbacks uh, going out, and then Saquon Barkley uh, took snaps as the quarterback. Uh, eventually, Jones did come back into the game, but was not throwing the ball, and the Bears still couldn't manage a victory. Yeah, uh, basically, uh, Fields, 11 out of 22, 174 yards, no touchdowns, no intercepts. 
Herbert, the running back, 19 carries, 77 yards. Fields, 7 for 52. Uh, leading receiver was Mooney with four catches for 94 yards. He was targeted five times. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, is it Bagley? Baggagely? Bag? 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 Is that Bagley? The you kicker? got me. Okay. Oh, okay, because Cairo Santos couldn't play. That's right. That's so right. So you, you had two big starters out for the Bears uh, yesterday. But the kicker was four for four with a long of 40, though. Uh, anyway, Bears go down uh, their next opponent. Uh, trying to see who their next opponent will be, Jeff. The Vi- they go to Minnesota next week to take on the Vikings. Uh, in the meantime, other games yesterday. Uh, of course, the game tonight, uh, Rams at San Francisco should be an interesting contest. Dallas beats Washington 25-10. to 10. Uh, Elsewhere, Philadelphia keeps it going. The only undefeated team in the National Football League of the Eagles, they take down Jacksonville. It's been playing pretty well lately, 29-21. Jets win a game. They beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh on the last second, I think, play, 24-20. Buffalo. Uh, First, they had a change at quarterback. They put Kenny Pickett in. Did Pittsburgh trying to just, as Coach uh, said, just wanted to see if we could get a little spark. And uh, they only scored, I think, six points in the first half. Uh, so came back in the second half, but a little too, too little, too late. Yeah, pick it through three picks, too. Uh, yesterday, that tends to hurt a little bit, too. Don't know where they were. But uh, elsewhere, uh, the Chargers take down Houston, 34-24. Buffalo survives uh, over Baltimore. And Baltimore doesn't look like they can hold a league late uh, as they go down as the uh, Bills take them down. Elsewhere, Green Bay comes out on top in overtime on a last-second kick, I think with three seconds left. And Vegas uh, takes down Denver. And last night on the tube, uh, Kansas City all over Tampa Bay, 41-31. As it looked like Kansas City could score 60 points at one time during that, uh, during that game. Uh, Mahomes, 23 out of 37, 249 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Edwards Hilaire, 19 carries, 92 yards. Yards and a touchdown. He also caught a touchdown pass on just a fabulous play by Mahomes running around in the backfield and just launching one, a shot putting one into the end zone to him. Uh, so the Chiefs, Tampa Bay, uh, Tom was 39 out of 52, 385 yards, three touchdowns. But, uh, well, the Tampa Bay got behind so far uh, and had to fight back to get back in the game, but just a little too much. Uh uh, four net, seven carries, fifty uh, receiving seven uh, receptions, fifty-seven yards. Uh, you ready for this? The uh, the Bucks ran the ball literally six times in the game. Wow! And they had three yards. My goodness! So uh, one TD by White uh, on a short run, but uh, their only rushers were White with three carries for six yards and a touchdown. Four net, three carries, minus three yards, and. Uh, that's pretty much – they got behind so far, they just had to throw the ball, get back in the game. I think it was 24-3 to at one time during that game last night. And uh, the uh, they just they had to throw the football. So, uh, in the meantime, uh, St. Seattle. And uh ask you, how did uh, things go Saturday morning with uh, regards to uh, – Yesterday morning? Yes, uh, Saturday, Sunday morning. Great crowd. Uh, kudos to the fans showing up at 8.30, well, for the 8.30 game. And tell you what, um, had 
plus TVs going on over there on the NFL Network. Then they all went black. Huh? NFL Network had a either Cox or the NFL Network had a little bit of a problem. And I'm on the phone with a guy at Cox saying, hey, what, what the heck is going on here? And so they rebooted the uh, boxes uh, remotely. But uh, we had a little panic. We got a direct TV tuner over there, too. So uh, the NFL Network was fine on uh, the direct TV. So I threw that on to the four TVs I could. So we would have had the game, but uh, it was uh, uh, we had about a ten-minute window okay. there. Okay, that finally it uh, came back in time. But great crowd and uh, some great food. Um, the R3 Foundation, uh, Rusty Ruiz, uh, Lorville High School student. Uh, I think he had just graduated, was about to graduate, and he passed away. But similar to uh, the Liam McDuff situation, yes. uh, they turn a tragedy into a foundation that does some great charitable stuff. So they cooked, and it all benefited St. Jude's. So great crowd out there. Didn't get a tally on the total, but with the auction items, uh, I know it had to be near the tens of thousands. Yeah, um, that, that those are type uh, functions that are just uh, great. And I know I know the Quarter Tavern's done a lot of that recently with St. Francis Diner and other endeavors. So uh, hats off to them for for all of that. Uh, just a passing thought here, Jeff. Uh, you saw where the doctor uh, for the neurotrauma consultant for the Dolphins was fired. Uh, Boy, it sure makes it seem like they are liable of something. Oh, I, yes. I would not. Just uh, for legal reasons, I would not have fired that guy until things got meted out here. But yeah, but... Maybe you hire another one in the meantime, but yeah, that uh, was not good. Uh, NFL Players Association, not happy about the se- the, the situation, and I think uh, the protocols will change now because yeah. of this. Yeah, you're right about that. Before we uh, – just uh, quickly, the AP uh, poll for uh, college football is out, and Alabama back on top uh, as Georgia won you know, a close game, but uh, they – Trailing for a while. That's right, uh, and they uh, end up uh, number two, but they have more first-place votes in Alabama. As Alabama has 25 first-place votes, Georgia has 28. Ohio State comes in third with 10 first-place votes. Then Michigan, Clemson, uh, USC, Oklahoma State, Tennessee, who the Tigers will face uh, this week. And I do believe it's an 11 o'clock game kickoff at Tiger Stadium uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Ole Miss, uh, number nine, and Penn State, 10, rounding out uh, the next 10, Utah, Oregon, Kentucky, which is 4-1, and one, playing pretty well right now. Ole Miss, though, upsetting them, uh, kind of flipped those two teams in the poll. They, that they did. And uh, coming in at 14, North Carolina State losing their first game to Clemson in a tight game. Wake Forest wins a big game uh, over the weekend. Uh, they stay at 15, BYU, TCU, uh, uh, UCLA, Kansas. That's number 19 in the country. They're 5-0. and oh. uh, Kansas State next at 20, then Washington. Well, all of a sudden, Kansas is a football state. Yeah, who would have thought that? My goodness. Uh, elsewhere, Washington, then Syracuse, who's 5-0. and Mississippi State, who lost to the Tigers a couple weeks ago. They're 4-1. Cincinnati also comes in at 4-1. and And at number 25, LSU breaks into the top 25 earlier this year. I For think. the first time in a while. That's right. So uh, the Tigers uh, up there as they take on uh, – Tennessee this uh, Saturday morning, 
uh, Tiger Stadium uh, on a, uh, I'm not sure if it's a national broadcast or a regional broadcast. By national, I mean. Uh, it, it being the 11 the, o'clock game, it's going to be on one of the ESPNs or, or the SEC network. Yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, just go, just uh, pulling that up uh, real quick here. At 11 o'clock, uh, the Tigers, Tennessee 8. Yeah, it's on ESPN. Tennessee right now is a three-point pick. Uh, the over and under is 61 and a half. Uh, they expect uh, partly cloudy with a high of 86, uh, low of 58. Of course, that, that's at night. That won't be during the day. But uh, uh, some chance of uh, a rain, uh, uh, but very little. In Baton Rouge? Yeah, very little. Oh, we got nothing uh, forecast over here. Yeah, it's it's just been so uh, dry. Just be careful in that regard. Uh, Tennessee comes in. Uh, LSU's defense is is playing well all year. That's what's uh, carrying them right now. Uh, carried them uh, Saturday night over Auburn. Is their defense uh, held Auburn out the end zone in the second half as the Tigers put up uh, uh, points uh, to win the football game as they take down Auburn on the plane. Uh, the Tigers, the war eagle is the chant uh, by the score of uh, 21 to 17, I do believe. And uh, LSU breaks into the top 25 at four and one uh, in that regard. Elsewhere, the Cajuns—they uh, just—they uh, just can't. Uh, they're on a three-game losing streak, and you got to go back what five years, six years to find that. As uh, the t- uh, the look, I want to say South Alabama, the Jaguars come to town. They're tied at seven at halftime. Uh, South Alabama kicks a field goal to go up uh, uh, ten to seven, and uh, UL roars back uh, and take a uh, a lead and. In the meantime, uh, South Alabama comes back to tie the game up and then kicks a late field goal to win the game as uh, his field goal at South Alabama uh, tops uh, the Cajuns 20-17. to 17. And, again, uh, looks like Fields, I don't know if he went down, but uh, Woolridge came in played most of the game in the latter stages. He was 18 out of 29 for only 90 yards, though, a lot of short passes. Chris Smith had a decent game rushing the ball. 12 attempts, uh, 107 yards. Peter LeBlanc, three receptions for 23 yards. And uh, Someone told me he hadn't been playing a lot this I hadn't year. Seen his, you're, you're absolutely right. I hadn't seen Peter's name much uh, in the stats. Not that he might not have been on the field, but he wasn't catching many balls. He was the Cajuns' leading receiver with three catches for 23 yards. That's only about eight yards a pop. So, uh, in the meantime, uh, the Cajuns uh, – I'm trying to see who they take on this week uh, as going through the schedule here. I think they have a Wednesday game next week. I think they're off Saturday and All right. play on Wednesday um, conference game maybe. Yeah, they do. They they play Marshall. Marshall, that's up, what up, it is. Up in Huntington. So uh, that's a 6.30 game next uh, on the 12th. That should be Wednesday. Uh, so they take on Marshall. Of course, they defeated Marshall in the bowl game last year. So we'll see how that'll all come to pass. And uh, elsewhere uh, around, uh, it's some big ball games uh, next week. But the Tigers, Tennessee at 11 o'clock. Uh, so get out, I guess, the uh, planters punch and the and, – <laughs> and uh, uh, oh, it's it, – anyway, LSU 4-1, though. Tennessee 4-0, playing well. Uh, number eighth ranked team in the country, LSU twenty five, and they Tennessee and LSU hadn't played much. Or that, you know, in that rotation, uh, they'll only see them every three to four years. Yes, that, that's yeah, you're right about that. So uh, the Volunteers come to Baton Rouge, 
And uh, we'll see if LSU can add on. You know, Coach Kelly, after losing that first game, Tigers have won four in a row. Uh, got a lot of tough games ahead of him against Ole Miss, Alabama, uh, uh, for that regard, along with uh, Arkansas and um, A&M. So, uh, right now, things are running smooth. The LSU gets back in the top 25, and uh, the Cajuns looking to uh, to uh, start building again. Uh, they go in two and three against Marshall next uh, Wednesday night, and that is the uh, the 12th. Is that correct? Yeah. So, you were checking that out. Anyway, Jeff, uh, we hope to get Coach Ryan Antoine in a few minutes. I know he's, remember, in the last few weeks, uh, try to call a little later after 7.30 since they have their uh, PA system uh telling the students what's going on during the course of the school. So, uh, in the meantime, uh, anything uh, else that uh, – Yeah, I, I did. we got uh, maybe a couple of minutes here. I saw a story out of uh, Chicago and kind of what drew my attention to it. Uh, an old classmate – well, he was a grade younger than me. Uh, John Garcia has been working for the ABC affiliate in Chicago for a while. But Chicago Area Youth Football Organization featuring some 200 players in the – Chicago suburbs uh, was suspended for fielding an academically advanced student. Uh, yeah, too smart to play uh, football. At huh? the age of 13, he has advanced to the 10th grade already. And the league says, hey, no high school players, no matter how old. You know, and he's too small to play high school football. So he's been playing in this Southwest Midget Football League and Midget not being, you know, regarding dwarfism or anything like that. Just small. Small statue. Yeah. And uh, Gandhi, he's 13. Uh, what's his first name here? Uh, Tremaine. Meets the age requirement, uh, 14 and under program, but he's already advanced to the 10th grade where students who are 15 or 16 usually uh, at about that age. League's rules, though, state a team cannot have a high school student. Uh, Gary Richardson uh, said, here's a young man that's 13 years old doing a 10th grade education. He's being penalized, not just him, but the whole program being penalized. The league released a statement saying, in part, it's regrettable to enforce a disciplinary action that affects the wider organization. However, each of the 13 franchises in the league have agreed to honor these bylaws in exchange for fair play. So, uh, again, I thought that was an interesting story. So they won't story. let him play because he's in a high school, but yet he But he's qualifies. not playing high school football. Right, but he's in high school, and that's yeah. what the, that's the uh, against him, the acts against him, that he's in high school, mm-hmm. even though he's 13 years old and he's small of stature. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Unfortunate. Anyway, um, uh, one, you know, the game Friday night up at uh, Panther Stadium, uh, Catholic High looked like a, like a, I mean, they had the ball, I think, eight, for eight, maybe nine possessions in the game. I think they only punted one time. And uh, uh, they took it down the field. Luke Landry looked great rolling out. Uh, coach uh, had him rolling out uh, most of the night. He was 10 out of 15 for 140 yards, I believe, and a couple scores. So the Panthers uh, win big over a decent Eunice team, 44-18. to 18. So uh, pretty impressive. A 4-8 team, too, right? That's correct. Yeah. That is correct. So uh, they, they jump in the district this week as uh, we'll be at the back at Panther Stadium again as the Panthers take on Ascension Episcopal. Uh, and I believe they, they beat uh, West St. John pretty uh, pretty bad uh, last Friday night. Like, they scored 40 points. I think they shot out West St. John. But, uh, anyway, uh, we'll have on the CHS Coaches Show tonight, beginning a little after 6 o'clock uh, to about a quarter to 7. And head coach and AD Scott Watney will be on to talk about uh, the Panthers' big win 
this past uh, Friday night. So homecoming for them also. So it's a successful homecoming for the Panthers. This past week, not coming up. That's right. Uh, Friday night, uh, the Panthers uh, won last week. So uh, big game for them and uh, try to get back uh, on track and talk to Coach after the game and uh, pretty excited the way his kids played. So uh, a lot of good things taken up. So anyway, uh, let's see if we can't get Coach Ryan Antoine on the line uh, for our next segment. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Monday morning, October 3rd, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back hopefully with Coach Antoine, right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Thursday, it's Southern Jack, and on Saturday, it's Cajun Company. On Sunday, it's Gerald Grunig and Gentilly Zydeco from 2 to 6. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. And follow them on Facebook for the monthly calendar and daily pop-up specials. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions. And you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, Monday, October the 3rd. And with us uh, now is head football coach uh, Ryan Antoine of the Westgate Tigers. Uh, good morning, coach, and how are you feeling this morning? Good morning, good morning. Another Monday. Got to get through it. There, there you go. <laughs> You're right, coach. Uh, of course, a big win, and uh, last week you kind of downplaying uh, this uh, Magnolia team. I know you felt that uh, – a little out of their element, but they they uh, asked and they wanted to come down from Shreveport to take on the Tigers, and uh, of course a big night for you. Uh, hopefully you're able to get a lot of kids in the game and seeing what some of the younger players can do for you as you won big, as most of the area knows. But uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how the game went and how you were able to maybe play a lot of younger kids uh, to get some experience. 
Yeah, it hats off to Magnolia just trying to, you know, get get some experience and, and come down here and, and, and play us. Um, you know, I appreciate, you know, them trying to, you know, help us out. I mean, we, we both were trying to fill a game, and they called and asked if, you know, they can come and play. And, I, you know, we kind of had prefaced it, like, Coach, you know, you know, you might be a little bit outmatched. And like, Coach, I just want to come down there and get my guys some experience. So, you know, they came out here, you know, and, and you know, our guys were able to play well. You know, we kept our starters in for the first quarter. Um, you know, and they got they, they did work. They did real well scoring. You know, every time, basically, almost every time they touched the ball. And then once the second half or second quarter in the second half, it, we were able to get a lot of young guys a lot of playing time and let our starters become, you know, coaches and realize the all the nuances and incentives that come in, you know, trying to maintain the sideline, you know, on a Friday night. And you kind of realize, you know, that it's a little bit harder than what you think it is. So, uh, you know, it was, it was a good experience for us. It's a good experience for us, and I'm glad that, you know, our guys have had that opportunity for the homecoming. Yeah, I, I think you mentioned Saturday that you actually had them wearing headsets and kind of running things. Yes, yes, yeah. That, that was, you know, I let them, you know, kind of coach their young guys to start off with and then, you know, second half, I let them kind of call the plays and kind of let the younger guys realize that, you know, just they're involved and realize, you know, what, the, what goes all into that. So it was a good experience for our younger kids. I mean, for our older kids, too, and for our young kids to realize that it's a standard here and you got to play a certain way. Yeah. And a nice way to cap up uh, homecoming week. Uh, we trust uh, most of those activities went well for you last week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, you know, not, no, no problems and... You know, these kids did a you know good job. You know, we didn't have any issues or any trouble. So, you know, definitely proud of our kids for, you know, doing the homecoming the right way. 5-0 and through your first five games. Uh, how would you grade uh, you and your team at this point? Uh, probably about a B-. minus. Um, you know, we still have a lot of things we got to work on. You know, going through our, them, those first five non-district games, you know, we kind of break the season down within, you know, within the season. You know, the, it's 5-0 and for the non-district. You know, now we're going to be getting into our district schedule than, you know, going to the playoffs. But, you know, we had some things we got to work on, but we got better at certain things and certain things and certain points of the game where, you know, we were kind of be lacking at. But, you know, definitely, you know, see improvement. And the good thing about it is we don't feel like we peaked our head off that game yet. Yeah, and uh, you're going to be challenged uh, going forward. Uh, at least three of the next five games are against top ten teams and uh, big challenges. Uh, what do we know about Turling's Catholic your opponent uh, at home this coming Friday. Uh, Turner's once again a, a top-ranked team in the state. You know, in in four A, uh, they always do a great job. Uh, you know, we always are in battles with them every single time we play those guys. So we know they're going to come in here. You know, jumping at the bit and giving us giving us their best game. Quarterbacks real good. Uh, have a real good wide receiver that they get the ball to and find ways to do it. Uh, do a lot of different things offensively that that's going to make us. Have to be silent and everything they were doing in defense. Does a good job of flying to the football and they're sound in the kicking game. So every three phase, uh, phases of the game, they're, they're very solid and they have a great coaching staff. So it's going to, have to, it's going to be a tough game. And, we, you know, we, we all know each other. You know, we've been playing each other for the last six, seven years in this district. And we pride ourselves on being the toughest district in the state. So those are things that we know that we got to work on. And I think it'll be a, a great game. Yeah, Coach, uh, uh, the Turley Catholic team, by uh, coached by Sharp and Jay, uh, uh, they, they're very talented, as you said. And, uh, of course, as Jeff mentioned just moments ago, that uh, your next uh, second half of the season, you're going to take on uh, some really quality teams. So uh, it's going to be important to get off on the right foot against uh, Turling Catholic uh, this coming Friday night. And this game is at home. Uh, anything uh, our listeners uh, would be able to know some things about the game, anything different uh, with regards to uh, – 
uh, uh, prices or anything of that nature now that you're getting into uh, district play? Uh, no, admission prices still be $10, but, I mean, if you want to come to the game, you may want to get there early because Turlington is going to bring a big crowd, and we're expecting a big crowd from our side and as well. I mean, it just, you know, to have one of the top games of the state, if not the top game in the state at our home in New Iberia this week, you know, I think the community should come out and definitely support our kids and, think, you know, be proud that we're trying to put a great product on the field every Friday night for us. Yeah, again, although uh, you're in different class of, or divisions now as far as the playoffs are concerned, uh, both top teams within your respective divisions uh, as far as power points and certainly as far as the sports writers are concerned as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I'm, I'm still confused on this division, you know, crap and everything like that. I still try to look at that and try to figure it out. But, I mean, I think it's just, you know, it'll be a quality ball game and hopefully we can put on a good show. All right. Coach, always a pleasure on these Monday mornings as well as uh, when you join us on Saturdays. We'll look forward to the next time. All right. Thank you, guys. You All right. Good Appreciate luck, Coach. It. Coach Ryan Antoine, again, the Westgate Tigers, 5-0, and but uh, district play uh, starts uh, a little bit uh, of a break uh, after Turlings with North Vermilion, although, again, still a, a quality team. Then you get uh, back in the fire with Lafayette Christian and St. Thomas Moore, and then wrap it up against Northside. Uh, so that's uh, what Westgate is looking at going forward. Yeah, three of those those next three or four games uh, between Terlings, uh, uh, North Vermilion, and Lafayette Christian, and St. Thomas Moore. <laughs> what, what battles are those going to be in that regard? So uh, Talking about strengthening the medal for the playoffs. Yeah, not only that, but the only game at home is the Terlings game. Uh, they go on the road to play North Vermilion, uh, Lafayette Christian, and St. Thomas Moore. But then so, Northside uh, is a home game. Yeah, but yeah. Northside's but, a little down right yeah, now. Yeah. So, uh, But still, coming off those three games, uh, talk about emotions will be flying. So uh, we wish the best to the Westgate Tigers and, uh, of course, the defending 4A champs here in Louisiana, state of Louisiana. And uh, some tough games. Uh, Terling's always uh, seems like – Terling seems like they like to put the ball up in the air a lot, and uh, that's uh, Coach Sharpenche's uh, M.O. So we'll see how the uh, Tigers' defensive backs will handle that too. So uh, interesting contest. Uh, uh, Westgate hadn't really been challenged much uh, in those uh, first five games, so we'll see how uh, things happen in the next uh, five. Of course, last year they only lost two games, and one of them is staring right in the face. That's Lafayette Christian was one of the only schools to beat uh, Westgate last year. Of course, they were not a district game, and uh, Westgate uh, lost to them. They went on to win district as they downed St. Thomas Moore and also uh, Turlings along with Northside and uh, North Vermillion. So good luck, Coach. Uh, tough road ahead for you, and I know you're doing an outstanding job too. There you go. Um, by the way, other games uh, this week after uh, victory on Friday night, Delcom will get into district play taking on Franklin at home, um, as you mentioned, Catholic High's got Ascension Episcopal. Generette um, lost, uh, boy, they got hammered by Central Catholic, 47 to nothing. They will be back on the road at Hanson and then Vermilion Catholic, so they've got a couple of big games in front of them. Nish, after uh, seeing their offense uh, improve, uh, perform a little bit better against Karen Crow in a tough loss, on the road again, out of district at Opelousas, and we'll talk to Coach Terry Martin tomorrow, but uh, they will be at West St. Mary uh, coming up, uh, Lauraville at uh, West St. Mary. So that's yeah, gonna, that, that's going to be an interesting game. Uh, West St. Mary's having their issues right now with uh, scoring. 
and uh, it's going to be a tough game for them. I was trying to find some of the information uh, in some of our local high school games. Of course, uh, Delcom wins big. Hats off to Coach Laos. We'll have him on the show uh, uh, here in the next day or two uh, in that regard. So, um, uh, Delcom, and I saw somewhere, too, where uh, uh, Jackson Wiggins had another big game. He too, did. He did. Uh, yeah. Running the football. So. Forty-six, so something like yeah, that. Yeah, I remember seeing that number somewhere, and uh, some. T- uh, I want to say four or five touchdowns too in that Ar- regard. You know, Artie probably would share the story again, but apparently he had a, an opportunity to uh, tie a touchdown record in a game, six touchdowns in a game, and uh, he told the coach, "Hey, don't worry, but get, get the ball to other kids, man." And don't worry about that record. I'm not concerned about it. It was a nice moment. Yeah. And, you know, talking to uh, people that know him, he's kind of a quiet kid. Just uh, get him on the field and his competitive juices start flowing. And uh, uh, the next thing you know, he's setting all kind of records. He's put on a little weight, a little more strength. And uh, it's quite evident, too. Uh, he's in the last two games, he's rushed for almost 600 yards. So uh, hats off to him. We'll have that game in a couple of weeks as they take on the Panthers over in Delcom. So we'll be able to watch Jackson uh, Wiggins uh, on Kane Radio or be able to – we'll watch him. You'll hear him uh, play uh, not this Friday but next as uh, the Panthers travel to Delcom in another big district game. Anyway, Jeff, uh, go ahead and take our next break here this morning. Uh, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Kane Row. The brand-new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Kane Row and enjoy. The athletic field provides challenges that test the competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry, and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good paying jobs, that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answertopain.com. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. 
Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes! Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Louisiana. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday morning on FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And, uh, Jeff, uh, Major League Baseball, boy, the Braves go <laughs> sweep, the, uh, sweep New York, the Mets, and they've kind of put themselves in pretty good position uh, to win uh, to, <laughs> to win that division uh, right now. So, uh, And then the Mets pitchers, I think DeGrom's got a blister on his hand. Uh, they've got some other issues. Uh, so you wonder if uh, the Mets can hang on. Uh, they should make the playoffs, but uh, not should. They will make the playoffs, but uh, will they win the division? And uh, Atlanta gets that number two seed, and they get a bye uh, if uh, Atlanta wins out. They're in, they're in good shape right now. In fact, yeah, well, again, the Braves in a position. Braves or Mets are going to get the first round by along with the Dodgers uh, winning the West. Yeah, the winner of the Braves and Mets of that division gets uh, uh, gets the buy. Two teams get the buy, and then the others, the other four fight it out to see who advances to take on uh, one or the other. The, the Dodgers are, looks like right now, it's going to be the Braves and defending uh, world champs too. Yeah. And uh, the Phillies and Brewers uh, battling for that last playoff spot. San Diego uh, clinched the number five spot. And then it's just a matter to see who will uh, limp into the playoffs, uh, the <laughs> Brewers or the Phillies. <laughs> Pretty accurately said. So, uh, And the Padres clinched their second playoff berth since 2006 So with, uh, with the Brewers' loss. So I can't say they backed in, but uh, technically they did by the Brewer loss. So, uh, And I'm trying to think who the Brewers uh, and the Brewers – you know, they get beat by uh, Miami, uh, which is not really a good ball club. And uh, they lost 4-3 to three yesterday in uh, 12 innings. So uh, Padres had a chance uh, uh, to walk it off and celebrate. But uh, anyway, uh, the, the Padres are playing pretty well. You know, they were a dark horse earlier in the year, and they kind of – Kind of during the mid-course of the year, kind of slowed down a lot and didn't win. Injury issues, uh, of course, Tatis Jr., uh, his story, uh, just as he was about to come back, he is uh, caught uh, with PEDs again and has to sit out the rest of the season and into next season now as well. So that didn't go well. Uh, the guy who did play shortstop, and I forget his name, uh, stepped up and played pretty good. In fact, they almost thought about putting Tatis Jr. in the outfield uh, because the the kid at short had been playing so well, but uh, yeah, the, I, I've seen a lot of Padre games this year because my buddy's a Padre fan. But uh, it's it's got a good lineup. Pitching's been a little inconsistent. Yeah, that it has. In uh, changing gears a little bit, boy, the hunt for sixty two with Aaron Judge has mm-hmm. just been tough. He's got one hit in his last thirteen plate appearances with five strikeouts and five walks. Uh, I watched a little bit of one game uh, the other night, and it just seemed like they didn't want to give him a good pitch no. to hit. And, and again, it's not necessarily they didn't want him to get the record. Uh, they just don't want Aaron Judge to beat you. That's right. You know? That's right. That, that's very true to that. And it's it's been hard on him. But, uh, uh, you know, number 62 with three games left, and I'm trying to think uh, – who they play in the ne- their next three games. I know they uh, played against the Orioles this past weekend. 
Uh, and the team uh, that's fighting for a playoff spot. They play Toronto. I'm not. No, no. I'm saying Orioles. So oh, okay. Yeah. Team, oh, you know. they. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So uh, the Yankees. Uh, not. Uh, their next game. Let's see. I'm just yeah. pulling out that. And again, these are makeups from. Yeah, the they, first they journeyed week. to Texas to take on the Rangers, who are basically about 26 games under 500. They play tonight at 6:05. Uh, I'm not sure. How, how does the ball fly out of that new stadium? I, I'm not Texas? sure. The old one in uh, the old stadium. And, you know, that old stadium was just a great-looking stadium. Mid-90s. But yeah, built in 93-94, uh, and I've been to that stadium to watch a game, a couple games. I guess the heat um, is one of the reasons they wanted a retractable roof. Hopefully the weather is good enough for it to be open. But, I, again, I'm not sure if that's going to be much of a factor. But, uh, again, yeah. They're going to play, uh, win, let's see, Monday at 610. Uh, tomorrow they'll also play at, uh, kind at of 705. Start. I wonder why they're starting. I'm wondering if that's going to be an ESPN game. Probably. Maybe, uh, uh, I think you just nailed it. Yeah. 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 Uh, Major League Baseball Network is going to carry that game today at 605. And then tomorrow they, uh, they play at 710, which is usually the, the time uh, most uh, teams take off. Uh, at seven ten tomorrow, and that game's going to be on the Yankee Network, and I guess the Texas Network. You'll be able to watch it unless it's blacked out here on third, Channel Thirty Eight with Cox, uh, I do believe. And then uh, Wednesday they play at three o five, and again those two networks. Uh, Global Life Field is the name of the field uh, up in uh, Arlington is where they play their games. So uh, Judge looking for sixty two. Uh, Jeff, and boy, he's got his work cut out for him. But uh, one player still pa- cranking him out is Albert Pujols as he hits his uh, uh, a home run yesterday. Uh, Cardinals get beat by the Pirates 7-5, to five, though. But in, in what was, I thought, really a, a, a nice watch, uh, the pregame ceremonies uh, honoring uh, Yachty and uh, Albert uh, with the Cardinal uh, executive office and the fans and all. So because really they're hitting neat. the road today. Yeah, they, they go to Pittsburgh to okay. play Pittsburgh. And uh, also what was uh, really nice, uh, Wainwright started the game yesterday and uh, got hit around a little bit. And about the top of the fifth inning, or more the Cardinal manager decided to take him out the game and bring in a relief pitcher. And what he did, he took out Albert Pujols and Yadi uh, Molina at the same time. Mm. So the fans could all give those three a uh, standing ovation, which I thought was a, a class act. Uh, you know, the Cardinals have it clinched. Uh, they're in the playoffs as uh, the winner of the division. And uh, I thought it was pretty neat. So the fans could give all three of them one last ovation. Although they, you, you could make an argument they deserved separate ones. Now, Wainwright, has he made a decision about coming back? I, I think he's going to come back. Uh, he hadn't made any mention to not coming back. Uh, so it looks like he'll be back, uh, but they didn't honor him. He, of course, he got up and talked about the two players yesterday, Pujols and Molina, uh, and uh, speaking very reverently about Molina. Of course, they set the major league record uh, as a battery duo, I think number 328 yesterday as they started uh, the final uh, game in St. Louis, uh, capacity crowd. Of course, they journeyed to Pittsburgh. He won't pitch again until the playoffs. But uh, the cards uh, uh, honored them uh, yeah, I was waiting for him to drive up uh, maybe a red convertible or something. <laughs> but they gave him, uh, uh, I think they gave Albert a, uh, a, a golf cart with his own uh, golf clubs and uh, was able to make, uh, how would you say, uh, golf clubs that are uh, personalized for him and all. So uh, 
pretty neat. Molina, uh, I think the crowd, had his mom there and spoke in Spanish to her for a little bit. So I don't know if she speaks English well, but uh, he thanked her in Spanish uh, with regards to his playing career and all. So it was a pretty touching ceremony. Uh, up in St. Louis yesterday. And Big Albert, his second at bat, he goes two for two. He doubles down the left field line, knocking a couple runs. Then he hits a solo shot, and he ties Babe Ruth for the second most RBIs in uh, Major League Baseball in the history of Major Hank League Aaron, Baseball. Hank Aaron, there. still number one. Yeah. Can't catch him, even if he played another year. I don't know if he could catch him, but Pujols can. But then no one thought he'd hit 700 this year either. <laughs> That's right. So. And uh, waiting on 62, but uh, – he uh, two for two. He's he's batting right at two seventy, maybe late two sixty eight, two sixty nine for the year. Pretty impressive uh, as uh, coming back to St. Louis uh, in that regard. So uh, anyway, just a, a great day in St. Louis yesterday. So uh, elsewhere, Jeff in Major League Baseball too. You saw where Otani signed a one year thirty million dollar deal with the Angels. Mm-hmm. So he'll be back next year with them. Uh, for his, um, and then we'll see what happens after that. Uh, this was an arbitration year, a yeah. potential uh, arbitration year. He was not a, a free agent, or certainly not a unrestricted free agent, but I believe will be after this next year. Yeah, and the, and the, Angels, uh, the Angels announced that deal Saturday, avoiding potentially, as you mentioned, complicated arbitration case with the 2021 AL MVP and uh, uh, Otani's deal is fully guaranteed, no other provisions. The deal is the largest one-year contract ever given an arbitration-eligible player, surpassing the $27 million that Mookie Betts got with the Red Sox in 2020, a month before he was traded to the Dodgers. So Otani's $24.5 million raise from his 2022 salary is by far the largest for an arbitration-eligible player in Major League history. Anyway, uh, He's having another fine year at the plate and also on the mound. But um, if uh, Aaron Judge doesn't win the uh, MVP award, uh, there's something wrong there. Hitting uh, 61 home runs, of course, hopefully he hit another two or three. You know, the feeling was when he hit the 61st, he oh, yeah, yeah. still had eight, ten games left to play. They thought he'd hit 63, 64, but not yet to be. And we'll see how he does uh, approximately, what, uh, 600 miles from us up in uh, Dallas tonight. Yeah, hopefully the Rangers pitch to him. Uh, they are not in a playoff yeah. situation. Yeah, it's, it, you know, again, you don't want a player to beat you, but then again, uh, you do need to uh, try and be competitive and you know, make him beat you. Well, I'm hoping that some of these young pitchers who get a chance to throw against him, get that uh, little beefed up and say, hey, let me throw a few of them by. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what it's going to come down to, I think. Uh, some of these younger kids getting the opportunity to play as they called up from uh, the minors or on the 40-man roster and uh, get a chance to uh, throw some fastballs or a hard slider by him. And they say he's hitting the breaking pitches better than fastballs right now. And he's on that uh, clutch. So the, the key may be his first at bat in each of these three games. That's right. Because he's the leadoff hitter. And if you walk the leadoff hitter, you're really conceding defeat. Yeah. And so I, I, I think the, those three leadoff at bats that he'll have uh, will hopefully be key. Yeah, that 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 it will be. So uh, we'll see how that's going to transpire in the next three days so as the season's going to end. And I, I'm trying to think. Uh, I didn't look at the schedule, but I'm sure most teams are going to be playing during the day Wednesday to set up uh, with the playoffs coming uh, Friday. I, you know, I, I didn't look. I do know the Cubs are playing a 3 o'clock game, and I figured it was because of the end of the regular season. 
and uh, because they're going to start the playoffs Friday, right? That's right. Yeah. So best of three in this first round. Uh, yeah, win two out of three. Yeah, yeah. best of three, and then he goes three out of five uh, for the division championship, and then for the uh, NL championship, AL championships, it's uh, five, uh, four out of seven, along with the World Series. So uh, we'll be playing baseball, I think, in late October, early November. Hopefully, yeah, I think it could go as late as November fifth. That, that's the and latest that, date. That's barring rainouts, too. Oh, wow. You know, yeah, that's right. Or oh, snow. Yeah. <laughs> you got to keep that in mind. So, uh, anyway, let's go ahead and take our uh, next break. Uh, you listen to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more along with Today in Sports History on October 3rd. Bob, Bob Rose, in fact. That's, uh, and Bob Rose, that's correct. Um, Don't right want to forget about Bob. There you go. We'll take the break back in just a bit. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Thursday, it's Southern Jack, and on Saturday, it's Cajun Company. On Sunday, it's Gerald Grunig and Gentilly Zydeco from 2 to 6. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. And follow them on Facebook for the monthly calendar and daily pop-up specials. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajlow, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Cane Row, and Sugar Oaks. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports for our last segment. And on uh, Monday morning, as always, Bob Rose. Good morning, Bob. And how are you doing? Uh, good morning to you. Uh, you know what? As long as we're not talking about football, I'm doing real well. But I, <laughs> but I, I hope you guys are doing well. Yes. Specifically, the weather's been really nice here the last few days. Very dry, but uh, we love it considering all the rain we had uh, 
for the past uh, three or four weeks uh, back in the beginning of September <laughs> and end of August. Well, Bob, uh, uh, the Saints uh, have some issues, you, you think, and uh, defense still playing well. But, boy, to uh, lose a tough one like that yesterday really takes a lot out of a football team. Yeah, it really does. It's, uh, the, the word heartbreaking gets thrown around too much in sports, but this, uh, this loss, I would use the word deflating. Uh, because, you know, I, I, like you said, the, the Saints played a very, very good game defensively. Offensively, I think that this was the sharpest this unit has been, especially over the final three quarters. Uh, yeah, and, and to just lose the way they did uh, yeah, is so frustrating, infuriating. Like I said, yeah, it, it's deflating. Uh, and we've questioned Dennis Allen and the coaching staff on here on this segment. Uh, but now this coaching staff is under real fire, in my opinion, uh, yeah, and, and under a microscope because they have to get this group to rebound very quickly before this season spirals out of control. Yeah, they do. And, uh, you know, of course, with Winston uh, being uh, inactive with his uh, back issue, and uh, I also talked – they talked about a leg issue possibly also. And uh, Andy Dalton didn't play poorly at all. I mean, he, he threw the ball pretty well, and uh, – he had uh, some assistance, but the Saints running back core, uh, Latavius Murray, carried the ball pretty well for him. Dalton was 20 out of 28, 236 yards and a touchdown. That's a pretty good uh, day for any NFL quarterback. Olave uh, making uh, noise to possibly being rookie of the year uh, with regards to uh, the National Football League. Uh, the Saints defense playing hard, but uh, just, uh, just here and there, just the mistakes. Ten penalties, I do believe. During the course of the game, uh, uh, for 102 yards and two turnovers with fumbles lost, uh, you're not going to beat a lot of people like that. No, no, you're really not. And uh, you you can question those penalties. I think you know, five, four or five of them were absolutely ludicrous. Uh, but that's another topic for another time. We don't have enough time in this right. segment to get me on a rant. Uh, but you're right. The, the Saints have to hold on to the football. Uh, you know, Deontay Hardy, that punt return that he had, uh, you know, where, where he coughed up the ball, you just can't do that, uh, you know, especially when you're a limited team. Uh, you know, and the Saints were already coming in shorthanded without Kamara, Thomas, Pete, Marcus May, uh, you know, and all those guys are top-end starters. Uh, you, know, you, you have to play, I'm not going to say flawless, but you certainly can't keep killing yourself with these self-inflicted mistakes. Yeah, the, you, you're right about that. And uh, there were four ten on third down, one on one on fourth down, uh, but ten penalties, 102 yards. Like you said, some of those penalties questionable. Uh, and uh, only, of course, Dalton was sacked a couple of times. Of course, he lost one on a sack uh, in that regard. Uh, but the Saints, uh, you know, and to lose with a with their kicker who uh, had issues last week with missing. I had one blocked and one missed. And uh, yesterday hitting a 60-yarder, coming back to try to tie the game with a 60-plus-yarder. And it hit the crossbar in the, or the upright head crossbar and just falling down in the end zone and not, not going through. It's uh, another way uh, to go, wow, what a heartbreaking loss. You're right. Yeah, but boy, oh boy, you want to tell me that the, you know, if there's one play that's been a microcosm of the Saints season so far, it is that one. Uh, yeah, and, and you're right. Will Lutz did have a poor outing last week, uh, but you know, nailing that 60-yarder uh, you know, to, to put them in position uh, you know, to win or tie the game, it just juiced up that entire sideline. You could feel you could feel it through the TV. Uh, 
and yeah, the 61 yard that's not on him. I mean, first of all, that's that's a long way to kick a football. Uh, yeah, and secondly, he had the he had more than enough distance. He did. Uh, yeah, and and just that you know, b- that barely glancing off the upright to cause the ball to drop, and you're still way it still was about a foot from going in from hitting the crossbar again and maybe bouncing in. Uh, Will Lutz is going to be fine. You know, I, I think yesterday showed us that. Uh, but this entire special teams unit, if I'm going to give one big thumbs down, you know, we talked about the offense playing better, including the offensive line. Defense is playing at the top of their game. This special teams unit, the kick coverage, the kick return units, they really let this uh, franchise down. Yeah, that they did. Of course, uh, as I mentioned, Murray uh, – Coming through for us, 11 carries for 57 yards. Ingram, always just a hard running back to bring down. He had 10 carries for 30 yards, but ran hard all day. Uh, Saints, you know, missing Ramchak, uh, the right tackle. So uh, that hurt. And then I think, who else? Some, one of the other interior linemen were out with a concussion protocol. Pete, Pete yeah, Pete, Pete was out. Yeah. And so uh, the Saints uh, – they got another tough game uh, this weekend in New Orleans as Seattle comes to town. They put up 48 points last week, and uh, the, the Saints need to get their act back together. Don't know if Kamara or Winston will be available to play a Ramchak for that mention, but uh, we'll see what transpires uh, within the next three to four days. Yeah, and this is you know, we talked about this Vikings game being a possible must-win. I now think the Saints are looking at a definite must-win. Uh, you know, coming back and facing Seattle, and you're right. The Seahawks has, has surprised a lot of people so far this year, uh, myself included. I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, uh, and they come into this game with a two-and-two record. Uh, you know, Geno Smith is not going to wow anybody with his stats, but I mean, he's completing 77 percent of his throws. He's extremely efficient. Uh, but the Seahawks' defense is still a young unit that's coming together and coming together slowly. They're giving up a lot of yards, both uh, both through the air and on the ground. Uh, you know, so you know, this Saints, Saints offense, if they play as well as they did yesterday and avoid mistakes, they, uh, excuse me, they should be able to put up uh, you know, at points and yards uh, on Seattle's uh, defense. But uh, Marshawn Lattimore, Paulson, Adebo, Bradley, Roby, they're going to have big and huge matchups against D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on that defensive end. Yeah, and one more plus for the Saints. Even though they're one in three, they're only one game out of first place. <laughs> That's, you know, there's plenty of football left to play. Plenty yeah. of football. Yeah, that helps. I mean, you, know, you, you always kind of root for you know, division rivals to lose, especially anybody with Tom Brady at quarterback. Uh, but to, to see them go down to the Chiefs was a big help to the Saints. Uh, but the, you know, New Orleans has to help themselves at this point. You can't keep counting on you know, division rivals losing a game every week when you're not doing your own job on the field. Uh, and that's why this is a must-win game because you know, it, it's yet another conference game you know, with three losses, you know, not only three losses now, but all three are in the conference. That's going to kill them come tiebreaker time. There you go. You know, I, I want to go back to Will Lutz. Uh, just the idea, I, I don't know how many kickers have two multiple 60-plus uh, field goals in a career, let alone in a game, or in a back-to-back situation where one gets you back into the game, the other potentially ties it at the buzzer. Uh, that in itself, I think, um, may have added to the pressure of uh, maybe missing that uh, second one. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt. And, I mean, you're, you're talking about an outdoor venue uh, you know, on grass, 
that, uh, that that's difficult footing for a kicker. Uh, and although I thought the turf looked great yesterday, uh, you know, it's still not the easiest environment to make it. And like you said, you ramping up the pressure. Uh, you know, it changes a kicker's mechanics when they have to kick a ball that far. Uh, yeah, they they need to kick it with a lower trajectory, uh, which gives the the other side, the opposing special teams, the kick block unit, uh, a, a major advantage when rushing. Uh, you know, so you you you're dealing with that kind of pressure too. Uh, I thought Will Lutz came through you know, spectacularly, and like you said, uh, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I am pretty sure that we can count on one hand the number of kickers that have ever made you know, uh, multiple 60-yarders in their career, let alone a game. Yeah. Well, again, uh, Bob, appreciate you joining us on these Monday mornings to talk Saints uh, football. Remind us again how we can read and hear your work. Always a pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me. Uh, folks, you can follow me on Facebook, Bob Rose. I'm over on Twitter, at BobbyR2613. All of my work, along with John Hendricks, Kyle Mosley, and Brendan Boylan, uh, are on the Saints News Network, at Saints News on Twitter, uh, or we do the New Orleans Saints coverage for the SI.com team website. And yeah, please check out Brendan Boylan and mine's podcast on Wednesday evenings at 8 uh, 8 p.m. Central. Uh, it's called the Bayou Blitz. You can uh, watch it through the Saints News Network page or just stream it through YouTube. Real good, Bob. We'll look forward to chatting with you again on Monday. For sure, guys. Have a great week. Yeah, you, you too. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, great job he does for us each Monday. You can catch uh, Bob Rose here on Kane Radio on Bayou Sports at approximately 8 o'clock each Monday and giving us an update on uh, what's going on with the Saints in their game last week and the upcoming game, uh, the following uh, next game to be played, I should say. Before you get into uh, this day in sports, uh, Aaron Judge actually has four games left. They've got a doubleheader in Texas tomorrow. Oh, wow. Didn't know that. Yeah, me neither. I, I just noticed it. Uh, he's not certain he'll play in both games the doubleheader. He could today's, DH win game. Today's game may be a determinant on if he plays both games the doubleheader. He hasn't yes. had a break since August 3rd. Oh, wow. But, again, they do have a first-round bye. True. So, That's yeah. true. So, he'd be able to get a little rest and uh, – if not, uh, you know, he might play in the outfield one game and then uh, play uh, DH the next game. Uh, or maybe I DH in the first game and then put him in the uh, outfield in the second game. So uh, a little less stress and running around the outfield balls. So anyway, we'll see and, how he does. And I, I'm not sure what, a, you know, some hitters uh, would rather play in the field and not DH. And some are happy to DH. So they can just focus on their hitting. Yeah. Maybe yeah. spend a little time in the cage uh, between at bats, those kind of things. So yeah. I, I'm not sure what his philosophy is, but whatever his philosophy is will, I think, dictate uh, what he does right. in that That's double header right. tomorrow. I'm sure he'll be asked uh, to see which uh, he prefer, uh, which game and uh, which uh, to what DH in the double header. So we'll see. You're looking for number 62 to break the American League record for most home runs in a single season. Well, today in sports history, October, October 3rd, boy, a lot going on. In 1920, on this date, the American Pro Football Association uh, began play. And that later known as the NFL, it plays the first round of games. Uh, in 1920, uh, the St. Louis Browns first baseman, George Sisler, collects his 257th hit of the season to set a major league record. It lasts until the 21st century when uh, – 
uh, Suzuki ended up getting, I think, 262 hits in a single season for the uh, Seattle Mariners back in, uh, oh, maybe 2010, somewhere in there. I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway, he holds the record now. I'm 36. The New York Yankees set an attendance record during the World Series. 64,000 people attend Game 3. And Yankee Stadium the next day had 66,000 in Game 4. Of course, they beat the Giants 4-2 to two in the series. In 1940, the Reds win Game 2 of Baseball World Series 5-2 to two versus the Tigers at Crosby Field. And it snaps a 10-game losing streak for the National League going back to Game 6 in 1937. The Reds end up beating the Tigers four games to three. In 42, Yankee shortstop Frank Corsetti shoves umpire Bill Summers in Game 3 of the World Series. He's fined $250, suspended for 30 days. And the reason I bring this up, a lot of people don't realize Frank Corsetti was the Yankee third base coach, I think, for 30 years. War, mm. number, war number two. Of course, that number has been retired uh, by the legendary shortstop Jeter. Elsewhere in 1942, Triple Crown winner, World Away, ridden by jockey George Wolf. That's the same George Wolf that, that rode Secretariat over War Admiral, becomes the uh, first thoroughbred to amass more than half a million dollars in lifetime earnings. In 1945, the Tigers and Cubs meet in the World Series for the fourth time. And it's a six-hit shutout. The Cubs win game one, 9-0 at Briggs Stadium. Detroit goes on to win the series four games of three. And I asked you yesterday, is that, was, that was a series the GOAT came about, too. Mm-hmm. It? And it should have been uh, then the fifth time they meet in the World Series in 84. But the Cubs <laughs> blew it in San Diego. Yeah, I could still see the ball rolling between the first baseman's leg, mm-hmm. uh, Durham. Anyway, uh, in 1950, uh, the Phillies chose not to request a major league rule for star left-hander Kirk Simmons. That was the whiz kids of the Phillies, but they lose to the Yankees 4 nothing. I don't think Kirk Simmons would have made, though, even if he had won one game, made any difference. On this date, 1951, the shot heard around the world as Bobby Thompson hits a 3-1 home off Ralph Brank of the Dodgers in the bottom of the ninth with one out to give the New York Giants a dramatic 5-4 win over and win the NL pennant at the Polo Grounds. And a couple of little bits of information here. My uncle was at that game. Is that right? Along with Dr. Weeks Dotrieve, a guest of third baseman Dr. Bobby Brown, who was Weeks' roommate at Tulane University Medical School. So they attended that game uh, being a guest of Bobby Brown, who was the uh, American League president at one time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Went up there for the World Series and just uh, got up there a day or two early and went to that game to watch that game. Neat. So, uh, And the man on deck after Bobby Thompson hit the three-run homer, Willie Mays, was on deck. Oh, there you go. Elsewhere in 1953, center fielder Mickey Mantle hits a grand slam off Russ Myers. The Yankees win 11-7 versus Brooklyn in game five of the World Series. Of course, the Yankees going to win 4-2. In 62, the Giants beat rival Dodgers in the – NL playoffs, best out of three. The Dodgers lose to the Giants in the final game in the 6-4, ending the NL pennant decider. Dodgers set a major league record for attendance that year, 2,755,000. Now 3 million, I think, is the uh, rule of thumb for a great year. In 72, future Hall of Famer left-hander Steve Carlton wins game 27 for the Phillies. And the Phillies only won 59 games that year, but Carlton won 27. Of course, he was a Cy Young Award winner. In 1972 on this date, Baltimore beats Cleveland 4-3, but that's not the news. It was the Rarick Harrison was the last AL pitcher to homer in uh, the American League until interleague play happened 25 years ago. 
amazing uh, that uh, with that. 74, Frank Robinson becomes the first African-American manager when he signs a player-manager deal with the Cleveland Indians for 180000 74, future basketball Hall of Famer, Jerry West, Zeke from Cabin Creeks. A lot of people knew him as Mr. Clutch, retires after 14 seasons. In 76, future Hall of Famer Hank Aaron singles in his last major league at bat, drives in run 2,297. Pujols tied Ruth yesterday with 2,213. And uh, 89, the Raiders promote Art Shell as the first African-American NFL head coach in modern times. 2001, San Diego outfielder Ricky Henderson scores in the loss uh, to the Dodgers to tie the major league record of 2,245 runs scored to tie uh, Ty Cobb. In 04, Mariners outfielder Ezekiel Suzuki uh, adds two more singles to defeat Texas to finish the season. There you go, 262 hits. Miguel Cabrera ends the season, first major league for triple crown winner since Carl Yastrzemski in 67. 330 average, 44 homers, 139 RBIs. And on this date last year, Tampa Bay quarterback becomes the NFL all-time leader in career passing yardage as uh, he th- throws for 269 to pass Drew Brees in that regard. Birthdays today, Dave Winfield, baseball Hall of Famer, uh, seven-time Gold Glover, 12-time All-Star. Also in 1959, Freddie Couples, golfer, Masters in 92, Senior Players Championship. And one uh, death to mention, uh, it's a big one, 1936 dying was John Heisman, of course, the football coach who legalized the forward pass, did not know that, originated the center snap, the Heisman Trophy named after him, dies of pneumonia at the age of 66. That's today in sports history. Jeff, I don't know if you have any breaking uh, headlines. Not not breaking, but one note. uh, Tony La Russa expected to uh, announce his retirement, second retirement. Second retired after the Cardinals uh, World Championship in 11. The White Sox brought him back. But he worked for Arizona, I think, in a consulting capacity for a little while, too. But La Russa, 77, 78 years of age, I think the only other manager that old, might have been Connie Mack, Cornelius McGillicuddy, who coached the A's forever, it seemed like, uh, was the last man to wear a suit in a dugout. There you go. Once again, uh, big thanks to our guests today, Ryan Antoine with Westgate and Bob Rose with SI.com. And we certainly thank our sponsors. Uh, our show brought to you in part by Jacob Landry, candidate for state rep in District 49 next fall, L.A. Classic Roofing, the Quarter Tavern, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, as well as the Headache and Pain Center and Schwing Insurance.